This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Stella Stephanopoulos, welcome back to Seeing Other People. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on again. I love this round two situation. Um, You know, currently coming into the episode with some chaotic energy, but super happy to be here now. I love this because part of this is a catch up for us and we need it. Yeah, (laughs) we definitely do. So just catching everyone else up to speed real quick. If you are unfamiliar with Stella, she is the host of Everyday Endorphins. She's also an Equinox yoga instructor extraordinaire. Uh, If you're in the New York City area, come check out her classes. She's amazing. And she has the most wonderful, soothing, relaxing voice on the planet. So I'm excited to listen to it for the duration of this episode. But um, how have you been? What's new? What's going on? Thank you for the warm introduction. And I think it's so ironic that you make that comment about my voice (laughs) being soothing because we both know that I've been having a lot of voice issues recently, Um, Mm -hmm. inflamed vocal cords, windpipe, trachea issues. Like, I don't know what is going on. Um, Actually feeling much better, but 
as of recent, just been dealing with a little bit of health issues and just trying to get that under wraps while I manage all these other things going on in my life, being the Equinox teaching role, my job, getting back into my podcast. So a lot's been going on, but um, the summer has been wonderful and just trying to soak in as much sun as possible. You've done a very good job at that. You were just in Greece. I was. It was incredible. I also took a little trip to Croatia. So I cannot complain. Really had a fantastic start to July. Incredible. Okay. What has been going on in your dating life? You knew that question was coming. <laughs> um, well, great question. Honestly, nothing really. Like the past few months have been kind of hectic personally, like balancing the podcast, yoga teaching, um, and then moving apartments. So earlier on this year, I was actually dating a lot. And I don't think that we know we recorded like prior to, I guess, beginning of 2023. So I was going yeah. on a lot of dates um, and it was really fun, but honestly kind of tiring. And then life just got kind of hectic and then things just kind of stopped and I was traveling, but um, definitely now kind of excited to kind of continue the hot girl summer and just live my best life being single, which I think, which, you know, we talked about last time, kind of the benefits to being single and how um, it's actually something that can be really fun instead of feeling like you have to be on someone else's timeline. So I'm still trying to just have fun and let things happen naturally in life. I love hearing that. And I'm so glad that you are fully able to just embrace being single and embrace scheduling your own vacations and doing things and literally just following what feels right for you versus like, oh, I, I on this vacation to this great place. I wish I had someone with me. It's like, no, like I'm here with my friends and like I'm doing me and I'm loving it. And I think that's really admirable and something that some of us struggle to do. I know I really struggled with that. And so like, just hearing that you're enjoying a hot girl summer and just enjoying being on your own. Like eventually like you'll have that itch again, but right now you're good. I, I love hearing that. Thank you. And I was actually thinking about this on the treadmill today. Maybe it was the endorphin high, the runner's high. I don't know what was going on, but I was thinking to myself, like how valuable time is and how, when I was uh, traveling in Europe and obviously like when you're on vacation, the days feel long, you're in the sun, you're relaxing uh, it's a slower pace in Europe for sure. And then New York is not really conducive to that type of energy. It's like way more fast paced here. And I was thinking to myself, the minute I landed, my following two weeks were completely booked. Like every night I had a commitment. I had something I had to do. I had someone I had to see. And I was trying to make plans with other people, but I couldn't fit them into my schedule because I had already had these things lined up. And I started thinking to myself, how like fulfilling the things that I do are to me and how busy I tend to get. And that's what actually brings me joy. And so I started to realize on my run that like, I don't need someone else to complete me, not to sound cheesy or like to complete my schedule. Like my focus is not on someone else. It right now is fully on myself and the things that I'm doing and the relationships that I'm building and the people that I'm meeting. And I had this like aha moment because I was thinking, wow, like how great is it to feel satisfied with the life that you're leading and the path that you're like carving out for yourself instead of feeling like you need someone's attention or you need to be with someone. Like 
I don't know, it just kind of dawned on me that life moves fast and why waste your time trying to seek someone else's attention or, you know, there's a million things you could be doing to set yourself up for success in all your areas of life, not needing to like chase someone just for the the sake of, you know, feeling wanted or, or feeling valued in that way. So I don't know, just some food for thought that occurred in my mind today. My jaw is on the floor right now. And I'm like, okay, you figured this out on the treadmill. What magical treadmill was this? Where can I go find it? Is there a wait list for it? Oh my God. Okay. Literally love every single thing that you just said. And even like that concept of coming back and realizing like the next two weeks are busy and you have all these things going on for you that you enjoy. Like that's exactly why you're able to sit there right now and say like, I love my life and I'm happy being single and I don't need someone to completely me because you've created this world for yourself. You've filled it up with people and things that bring you joy and that make you who you are and make you happy. And so if you meet somebody great, like they can, you know, add to that, but you don't need them to feel whole. And that's, I think the biggest key in actually being in a place where you could get into a healthy relationship where you're not even like dying to right now, but that's exactly why. And so you're good if you stay single and don't meet somebody. And you're good if you do meet somebody and they add to your cup instead of they're the ones that fill it up. Yes, completely. And this is something that I've heard about like day in and day out constantly. I've heard it from friends. I've heard it from family. I've watched TikTok videos about this idea, but I, it hasn't fully resonated until recently. And then one example is today on the treadmill. Um, and I think like, it's hard to say like, you know, I feel like it, it depends on the person's timeline. Like for whatever reason, it just kind of hit me recently and it like actually resonated for me. But, um, it's really nice to actually believe it now. Like it's one thing to hear these things and to be told, you know, things come when you're least expecting it and you need to work on yourself and this and that, but it's another thing for it to really resonate and for you to fully embody that and believe it. Absolutely. And I think even just that line, like things come when you least expect it. I almost think that line was created to encourage people who are so caught up in needing to find their person to force themselves to take a step back because they're not necessarily expecting it, but they're wanting it. And when you want it so badly, it's there's so much pressure on it. That energy rubs off. The person can tell, like, you don't care about them. You just want to be with somebody. You know, you. It, I don't want to say the word desperate because I don't like that word. But when you are so the only, like, you're, it's all encompassing of you just want a partner. That's likely not when you're going to find somebody. And so this concept of like things come when you least expect it, it means when you're actually exactly the way you are, like radiating positivity and passionate about things and about life and about just living like the, the life that you've created for yourself, that's really when exactly you're not looking for it. You're not expecting it. Maybe you'll find it. Maybe you won't. But if you don't, you're not going to go home and cry about it because again, you filled your life up with all of these wonderful Mm -hmm. things. Completely agree. And to your point around like not wanting to to say the word desperate, I mean, I've I've been that person. Like, and I don't Same. think it's a bad thing to feel desperate. Like, it's a human emotion or experience rather. Um, but in those situations, you have to ask yourself why you want something so badly, right? And so this yeah. brings me back to like a moment that I had in college where I really liked this guy. Let's call him Jack. <laughs> really liked Jack and. 
he like was into me. And it was really exciting for me that like for the first time, someone that I found attractive that I never thought would ever lay eyes on me took an interest to me. And it like, like moved me. Like I was blown away. Like I genuinely could not believe that this guy could be into me. And the fact that someone I found attractive had that reciprocated feeling. And so I glorified him. I put him on a pedestal and I allowed for behaviors to happen that should have never happened. Um, essentially, you know, most guys want to have their cake and eat it too. And I knew deep down that like I was giving him convenience and I was giving him what he wanted, but it was never what I wanted because I thought this was the best I could get. And so I put myself at a disadvantage and, you know, this doesn't excuse poor behavior, but a lot of it I've reflected now has to do with the mentality that I had and the limiting beliefs that I had about myself and my self-worth and, you know, how I should be treated. You show other people how you are meant to be treated um, through your actions, your behaviors, et cetera. So, you know, I can't fault myself because I did the best that I could at that time with the information that I had and the awareness that I had. But now hindsight, of course, is 2020. I've realized that a lot of it has to come with discipline, I think. And you have to course correct these limiting beliefs that you have, because if you start to behave in ways that are coming from these unconscious like beliefs that you're not good enough or you don't deserve X, Y, Z, you're going to enable an ecosystem around you for these situations to happen. And then it's just like this perpetual vicious cycle where you feel bad about yourself. So my commitment to 2023 slash 2024, because this year is speeding by, is to continuously put myself in situations where I don't have these limiting beliefs. And I'm coming from a place of confidence and abundance rather than like these like feelings of lack or not having from within. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic, and when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning, and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend, who happens to be a doctor, and she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. I think we can all relate to your story about Jack. I think we've all been the Stella in the Stella and Jack tale. I really respect what you said about like, it's not necessarily excusing Jack's behavior, but I think we're all guilty of allowing behavior that was horrible. Like we, we've all allowed people to treat us so poorly because we didn't know we could stand up for ourselves. We didn't know that we could ask for more or we didn't know how to ask for more. We didn't know that we deserved more. And so as you, you know, create this life for yourself that you love, as you figure out who you are, you can also practice putting up boundaries. You can practice asking for what you need. You can practice saying no or walking away from a situation that doesn't serve you because you don't feel like, oh, well, if I walk away from this person, I'm never going to find somebody else. No, you know that you can and you will. And that if one person, if one thing, if a job, if a place, whatever it is, isn't serving you, there will be someone else, some other thing that will be better off for you. Totally. And we can talk more about boundaries later, but um, this also just reminded me how accountability is super important too. And You have to do a lot of the self-reflection work in order to hold yourself accountable. And, you know, the irony here too, is that there is kind of a pleasure in self-sabotage. Like I knew what I was doing wasn't actually serving me, but I kept holding on because it felt good, even though it felt horrible. Cause there was that dopamine of like, okay, he's going to text me. Okay. He's going to make time to see me now. It was inconsistent. It was unreliable. And there's studies that prove this, how it's addicting. So I became addicted to this uncertainty. And it that's not healthy, but it felt really good because the moments where I was given like an inch, I savored that. And I inflate I conflated that with like what this relationship was. And the I think the quicker you can be to recognize that's a red flag and learn to be turned off by that instead of like excited and 
you know, anticipating the next time they're going to see you, the better you're able then to manage unhealthy relationships and get out of that quicker. Yeah. It's so crazy how we made the high highs erase the low lows, even if there was one high for every 10 lows. And I think it's, it's about realizing, like checking yourself and remembering it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be that painful. And if you're like, this is such an easy way to just check in with your situation. If you're anxious more than you feel comfortable and safe, not it. Yes. Not the right person for you. Not the right situation for you. It should not feel that terrible. It should not feel hard. It should not feel like you're fighting for somebody or you have to beg somebody to stay or, you know, you have to go through the bad to get to the good. It should be easy. Yes. And like once you see that too, once that behavior is shown to you and you realize like this exists out there, then you would like, why would you ever go back to someone treating you poorly when you know that this is what you deserve and it also does exist and you are likely to get that. But I think in order to receive that type of energy, um, because I do think a lot of it is very energetic, you need to put that out there. And by putting that out there, you start from within. It's kind of the reverse. In order to put out what you want to get back, you need to actually give that to yourself. So it's like, well, how do you do that? Right. We have a a mutual friend. I'm not going to just pour her name out here, but, um, she got into a relationship this year and, and she repeatedly says to me like, Alana, like I did not know it was possible to be treated this well by somebody. And I'm like, well, this is exactly what you deserve. And you found it because of all of the good you put into the world and because of how much you've learned and how much you've grown and how much you've challenged yourself. And it's not like the perfect person for you just showed up on your doorstep. It's that you, did the work and you worked through shit to realize how you do deserve to be treated and to not settle for somebody who's not going to treat you that way. So it makes sense that you, when you do finally find your person, it's this wonderful human who goes above and beyond for you and makes you feel so incredible all the time versus making you feel anxious all the time. You know, it's funny because my old roommate said the exact same thing about the boyfriend that she's now dating when she like started seeing him. She said to me, Stella, I had no idea it was possible to be treated this well. Like it, it woke me up. And my, I actually have a question for you because you're the expert here in dating and with your podcast and all the work that you do in the space. But like, I feel like in, um, like heteronormative relationships, it's typically the women that come to this realization and the women that are like constantly putting themselves down. And I just want to understand maybe from your perspective or what you've seen or observed, like, why do you think this trend exists? Like, why, why is it that us women are realizing the minute we are treated well, we're like in disbelief. Oh, I didn't know this is what it could be like. This is how it should be like. Like, why does it hit us in this way? I think it's because we we go through so many experiences almost on repeat where we're treated so poorly, where there's a lack of communication. Everyone's making assumptions. Like we're so quick to like we're, we've been trained, you know, like through the shows, the movies, the books we read, all of this stuff throughout our entire life. Like the goal is to be with somebody. The goal is to have a partner. Like that is when you'll be successful. And so we want it so badly that we're willing to compromise how we feel. We're willing to put up with things that we should not put up with. And so we do that for so long. And when we finally realize like how painful that's been and what we do want is more than that, 
we think it's going to be impossible to find that because everything in our life so far has told us, well, that doesn't exist. You know, you're supposed to be anxious. You're not going to find somebody who texts you back in a timely manner or who reassures you because you haven't found that. And so when you do finally meet somebody who is emotionally mature, emotionally available, looking for the same things and their values align with yours and their future plans align with yours, it genuinely feels too good to be true. You know, and I think that's something I struggled with when I started dating Jake was I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop because that's all I knew. I was conditioned to believe that it couldn't actually be this good. I couldn't actually feel this safe or be in this comfortable, reassuring, healthy relationship because every situation in my past had proven me that that was not possible and that something bad was going to come. And so, you know, even in my relationship, I think for the first like year, I just kept waiting for something to go wrong. That's stressful too, because then it's like, you don't want to put out that energy either and like manifest something wrong happening, right? (laughs) No, you don't. So (laughs) You don't. Actually, like curious, and I I don't mean to flip the questions on you, but I am interested. Like at what point did you realize that wasn't serving you and like you just had more trust in that relationship and you you didn't have to have this like catastrophize, like or catastrophe mindset? You know, I think... Every time I thought that something was going to go wrong, I was quickly proven wrong. You know, I had these ideas and usually in my past I was proven right and I kept being proven wrong. And and I would say to him sometimes, like, I feel like everything's like so good. Like what's going to go wrong? And, And we would have these conversations about like, yeah, like life is really good right now. Everything is really good with us and we're so happy. And it, it, it was scary because, you know, shit happens in life. Like people get sick, people die, people get hurt. Um, people lose jobs. Like there's so much bad in the world. And so I think me opening up to him about like having this fear that things were going to go wrong just with us or with life in general. Um, it was nice to hear that he shared those same fears and, you know, we would together like hang on to like, well, everything is like really, really wonderful and great right now. Like let's enjoy it because there's so much that's out of our control. And, you know, it's funny. I actually remember the night that we got engaged, we got into bed to go to sleep. We had an early flight to Florida the next morning to see our families. And he fell asleep a lot faster than me. And I was like sitting there like on the highest high of my life, like the greatest moment ever had just happened. It was incredible. And I was so happy, but I started like tearing up because I was like, wow, like life gets hard. And this moment right here, right now is so magical and wonderful and special and perfect. And I know it's not going to last. And it was a really weird thing to think about in the moment. And it's weird. I'm like sitting on my bed right now to recording this. So it's like, I'm like, I was right here thinking that and I was so happy, but I was also again, like fearful of the future. But it it was something where I just had to kind of let go and, and trust the process and know that again, things are out of our control. And we could spend our entire lives fearing the worst. But if you do that, you're not going to enjoy what's right in front of you. And we owe it to ourselves to be happy. Like there's so much power in allowing yourself to actually be happy. And I think that's something that is just harder to do than we think. Brave the uncomfortable. 
Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive-compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi-infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating, or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? 
Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Beautifully said. I mean, I what you, what you just described, I think, speaks to how complex and interrelated our emotions are like happiness Mm -hmm. not existing without some sadness or nostalgia like it's all kind of interconnected um and these are kind of just facts of life there are things out of our control and everything is uncertain at the end of the day so how you choose to view that is your choice and that will color and your you know your perception of reality and how you choose to act um which will dictate you know outcomes and then it's this feedback loop so um That's another theme I've actually been thinking a lot about is learning to relinquish relinquish control. I recently read this book um, called The Surrender Experiment, um, and it was one of the best books I've read. Basically, like the whole point of the book is that it's important to surrender to things we cannot control in life and just let the universe, not to sound like woo-woo, fluffy, witchy, whatever, but like let yeah. the universe, the higher powers, whatever you want to believe in, like let that guide your life. And I think it's a hard balance to strike, like being focused and having a long-term goal and a vision, but also allowing like flexibility and just, you know, things changing constantly. Um, but I've kind of done an audit on like the best things that have happened to me and the times that I've been happiest. And it's like nine out of 10 times been from experiences that I haven't actively tried to control. So if I can adopt this mentality in my dating life, if I don't try to control someone else, I'm bound like I'm bound to have things work out for me. And I think it also ties into the whole like lucky girl syndrome mindset, whatever that's gone on TikTok, like, you know, everything works out for me. I'm the luckiest girl in the world. To an extent, I think I do believe in that philosophy. And I, I do think it can be productive and helpful when like navigating the complexities of dating. Yeah. Well, it's, I I love everything you just said. And I think it's interesting that you said like the happiest times that you've had are are things that were so out of your control and like you can't control somebody else. And I think that's so important to recognize in dating. You cannot control everybody else. You cannot control the person that you're into, the person you're in a situation with, situationship with, the person who just ended things with you. You cannot control somebody else. Okay. I'm going to keep repeating it. You can't control somebody else. And I think that is something that we really need to work at learning because we get so caught up in this person is almost perfect. I just need to change this one thing about them. Or, you know, they really like they need me to help fix them or it could have worked if only they had done this other thing or it's not too late because I could still get them to do this. No, you can't control somebody else. All you can do is all you can do. All you can do is be you, be your best self, show up for yourself first, show up for other people in the way that you want. And when you're in the right place and you meet somebody else who's in the right place, that's when it will work. But you cannot control anybody else's actions or feelings. I could not agree more. And to add on to your point, you cannot make someone else date you. That was something that I kind of like, that was a pitfall of mine in college and even like right out of graduation. I would hold on to 
those rose colored lenses, those tiny silver linings that like were just, you know, it was completely inflated for no reason. And I thought, well, if I just keep doing this or if I do a little less of that, like then they're going to want to date me. And that was just very foolish of me personally. Um, But I, again, I look back on it, not with a critical eye, but with like a compassionate lens Um, because there's no point in beating yourself down for like the behaviors that you exhibited at that point in your life. You know, Um, it's all part of the process. It's part of growing. But I have come to realize, like you mentioned, you cannot control anyone and you cannot like convince someone to date you. And if you're getting to the point of like, I need to convince them, it lowers your self-worth. It puts you at a lower like vibration and you're then going to attract people that aren't like at a lower level than you and you want to continuously elevate your life in all areas. So, and you know, and I think when we start to get into that behavior of like, I need to convince this person to be with me, blah, 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 blah. It like comes again from this um, lack mentality. We're not coming from this place of abundance of power and, um, you know, you're not creating an environment that's conducive for you to meet the right partner. Yeah. And also let me ask you this. Why? Why do you so badly need this person who has made it clear or has at least given some hints that they don't want to be with you? Why do you need them to want to be with you? Because you were a whole complete great person before them. And they're not adding to your life. In fact, they're making you feel less than. You're make, they're making you feel unworthy. They're making you feel not good enough. Like you have to change something about yourself in order for them to want to be with you. That's not the person that you should be with. That's not the person who is going to make you better and who you could actually build a life with. And it's so funny because we never think when we're in these situations, we're like, we're chasing somebody. We're so badly trying to get somebody to want to be with us. And we're trying to convince them when we're in those situations, we never think about, well, what about that person who tried so hard with me when I knew I wasn't into them? And it was just almost like annoying. Like It was so obvious what they were doing and I didn't want it. And it made me feel weird. And I didn't know how to end it because I didn't want to hurt them. Like it's, you're, it's, it's not fair to you to like be doing that to somebody else because you're compromising like your own value system and your own beliefs. And you've been on the flip side of that and it's felt weird. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not something to be proud of. It's not something that you'll look back and be like, oh yeah, like those were really good texts that I sent. And that's okay. Like we learn from all of our mistakes in dating and I'm not necessarily saying it's a mistake. It's something that we all go through, but when you've been on the opposite side, like just try try and think about that in any d- dating situation where you feel like you're struggling or you feel like, how do I get this person to want to be with me? Think about the last time that somebody was trying really, really hard to get you to like them and how that made you feel. Yeah, romantically or platonically. Like think about, you know, a French, so, you know, someone trying to initiate a friendship that you just, it feels like they're trying too hard. You're more likely to not want to build a relationship with them. And I think when you also approach it from that perspective, it makes it less personal. And you recognize that it's important, I think, in life to not take everything so personally. And like, I feel like I'm pretty sensitive and I've had trouble with this growing up and through present day, like learning to not take everything personally. 
you know, in my personal life, at work, especially at work when, you know, it's a culture mm-hmm. of feedback. I think it's a whole other topic, but I think there's overlap with even, you know, our dating lives. So when you can look at things from a perspective, like you were just sharing, you know, think about if someone did this to me, it takes the personal out of it. And it's so much easier to just not do that. Yeah, it, it really is. It's also, yes, dating is personal, but half the time, it's about them and it's not about you. I know it feels like it is like, oh, if they don't like me, like if they don't want to be with me, why? There are a million things going on in their life, in their head. There are a million other people they know. There are a million things coming up for them, things that they've been through, traumas they've been through, all of this stuff. The last thing that it has to do with actually is you. Yeah. And even if it does have to do with you, I guarantee that every single person who has rejected you in the past, none of them would say like, oh yeah, like Alana should change this thing about herself and then I'd want to be with her. No, they would just say, yeah, like Alana was great, but like just wasn't my person. It's not fundamentally about like something wrong with you or something that you need to do differently or be different. It's, It's just not a fit. Exactly. And when you get into this mindset of feeling like you need to change something about yourself in order for someone to like you, then that I think is an indicator of there not being enough work done internally to feel satisfied with yourself and happy with where you're at and whatnot. Like it's an indication that there's more growth that needs to be done. Granted, like if you are with someone and there's not compatibility as far as communication, that's entirely different because learning to communicate with someone else is like a challenge in and of itself because two people might be like great communicators, quote unquote, but maybe their styles and preferences differ and it, it's not making for a compatible match. So if you can learn, yeah. I think, how to effectively communicate and behave and show love and affection towards someone else in a way that they are receptive to, that I think is like an appropriate time for things needing to change. But if it has to do with like changing aspects of your personality or whatnot, or things that are part of your, you know, your fundamental makeup, then like, you know, that's a whole other thing. I don't, you shouldn't do that. The funny part about learning to communicate is that it takes communication to do that, but it doesn't have to be scary. And this made me think of something when I was at Hinge, my incredible boss, Nathan, he put together this spreadsheet and sent it out to our team and asked everybody to fill it out. And it basically said like, how do we want to receive feedback? You know, how do we want to receive positive feedback? How do we want to receive negative feedback? Do we want it to be like over Slack? Do we want it to be on the phone or in person? Are there certain things that we like this certain type of feedback would help us the most or things that like would really like trigger us or upset us? And I thought that was so just empowering that he did that because it allowed us to, and it wasn't just with him. It was for the entire team to see that way we started to learn what worked for somebody else and what didn't. And so maybe somebody just wants it to them, like without any sugar coating, they just want to know, like, tell me what I'm doing wrong and tell me what I could be doing better. And other people want it to be like Sam, like a compliment sandwich because they're a little more sensitive and they do want to know what they're doing wrong, but in a very like constructive and 
careful way where it won't make them feel like, oh, but everything I'm doing is terrible now. And it's okay if you're more sensitive. It's okay if you want to have longer conversations where you can ask a lot of follow-up questions. It's okay if you're on the opposite end of that where you just want it written in one sentence in a Slack message. It's just a matter of knowing yourself and being able to share that with somebody else so that that person can then take that and be sensitive to your specific needs. And I think that's really cool to do in relationships or in friendships even is say like, if there's something that I want to talk to you about, or if I'm struggling with something, or, you know, I think there's something we can work on. What's the best way for me to communicate that to you? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you bring up even in friendships because I had a close friend growing up who I still consider a friend, but I think we've distanced a bit. And I think it's primarily due to our communication styles not being compatible. And I have a very like particular communication style. Like there are things that work for me. You know, there are things that I think I need to receive in a friend to feel valued, to feel respected, to feel relevant in their life. And I had communicated that consistently with said friend. And time and time again, she like wasn't meeting me where I was trying to meet her at. And so I think that's kind of what dissolved the friendship. And it wasn't like a, you know, a loss of love for her or not wanting to be around her, you know, childhood friend, like knows me very well, will always be a good friend of mine, but the quality of our friendship has transformed and the strength has kind of weakened actually, because we haven't been able to meet in the middle. Um, And I don't say this like, as if, you know, in in any bad like energy or like, I don't have any bad feelings towards this person whatsoever. You know, we still spend time together. We still see each other now and then, but you know, it just kind of goes to your point around like learning to effectively communicate because it extends beyond romantic relationships, like friendships, which I think is like equally, if not, if even more important, you know, our friends are there forever. Um, You need a strong support system in life to get through hard things. So, you know, friends, family, et cetera. Um, just relationships at large, communication is absolutely like fundamental, I I think. It's so unfortunate that we never learn how to do this. There are so many opportunities in our entire childhood, even not even up until we're 18, but like even in college, like there should be classes, workshops, lectures, anything, just bringing up this concept and saying like, you can actually learn to be a better communicator or guess what? Stella and Alana communicate differently. What a crazy concept. Like we never learn this until there's a misalignment where you're struggling with somebody and it's important and the stakes are high. And that is so unfortunate because there were so many missed opportunities to grow up learning this. And it really frustrates me. I agree. I also think to an extent, like you could say the same about taking care of our health. Like we often don't really make the best choices until we're like, holy shit, now I like need to seek medical attention either for our physical or our mental. And it like goes to show that it's so incredibly important to take preventative measures that you don't get yourself in the situation. And that's why you got to build these healthy hobbies in your day to create healthy habits. So it just becomes second nature. I have literally no idea what we just talked about this entire episode. (laughs) I also had an entire outline of things we've talked about before and listener questions. (laughs) And we just like started talking and I could not be happier with how it went. (laughs) I mean, should we pivot to listener questions? 
Do you want to do no. that? Okay. <laughs> no, because then we'll go for like another five hours and we can't do that right now. Part three. <laughs> like part three. <laughs> part three. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. Before I let you go though, just to close out, um, I've already asked you for your best piece of dating advice. I'm curious, instead of asking that, if you had a magic wand and could change one thing about modern dating, what would it be? Oh my God. That's a really good question. Um, oh my God. I don't even know how to answer this because there's so many things I want to change. <laughs> List them. List them all. Um, I honestly, like, call me like old school. I don't know. But like, I would just, I would like to speed up the rate at which men mature, like genuinely. So that like women can just be treated better at like an appropriate age. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily like reflective of modern dating, but I do think that like in like, let's say our grandparents' generation, maybe yes, like biologically guys were still maturing at the same rate then. So like, it's not as if they were super mature when they were younger, but to an extent, maybe they were, but maybe they just were more traditional and treated women better. And like, you know, actually treated women with more respect. <laughs> like, I don't think a lot of guys these days treat a lot of girls with respect. Um, and maybe that's just how culturally things have shifted dating apps, whatnot. I don't know. I think it's all interconnected, but I'd like to go back to like a baseline level of respect from men, <laughs> but not to generalize. I mean, to you know, I don't want to get canceled or anything. It's no, it's funny because I try really hard to not be like, like that hate men mindset mentality. Um, cause I do think it, it's really problematic, but, um, it biologically, yeah, men mature slower than women. So this does actually make sense. I think the thing about like our grandparents age is so funny, but I think with that, they had to grow up faster. They were like going off to war when they were 18. <laughs> exactly. Like if, so. if our grandparents were literally going off to war, you can like pay for my drink or you can text me. But, you know, it's like that type of thing. <laughs> like you can like, like, I'm sorry, but like if you're not like 20 and like fighting in the war in America, you know? So like, let's put some things into perspective, but to also caveat, I don't have the like, I hate all men mentality because I speak yeah, no, like, I, I say this honestly, like when I think about some of my closest guy friends, I think they're great people. I think they're kind. They have the best intentions. But I look at them sometimes and I'm like, do you realize like you the doing? implications of your behavior? Like, do you not get it? Right. So it's not like I hate all they're men. Lucky they have you to call them out on their <laughs> bullshit. I'd hope so, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Where can everybody find you? You can follow me um, on social media. Uh, Stella Stephanopoulos is my Instagram. If you want to stream my podcast, Everyday Endorphins, it's available on all, all listing platforms. And you can also follow along the show on Instagram at Everyday Endorphins. I post about my interviews. I post about my podcast and wellness events that I do throughout New York City. Um, and I also will post a lot of like yoga content. Um, and just like a running stream of thoughts and consciousness if you're interested in learning more. Men in the war in the 1920s work hard, but Stella works harder. <laughs> <laughs> All of that will be linked in the show notes. I don't know what I just said. Please erase that from your memory. We tried to make a joke. It wasn't funny. Stella, thank you so much for being here. We will definitely do a part three because clearly, duh. Um, and to everyone who listened, thank you for listening. I'm going to press stop now. Goodbye. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!